Hey humans, it's Jakea. And it's Veronica. And welcome to Behind the Mic. Join us behind the mic every Wednesday to talk about everything from pop culture to lifestyle. And who knows, we might have a few special guests along the way. Every episode, we're going to start the podcast with some highs and lows of the day, week, month, even life. Depends on what the situation brings. Kea, what are your highs and lows? Um, My high is that I think I did pretty good on my Native American history midterm. My low is my back is killing me. Damn. Well, um, my high is... um. Well, I just had a meeting with my PC, which is my program coordinator for my scholarship. And honestly, I just found out that me and my PC, we got the same birthday, <laughs> sir. He was like, you lying? I was like, no. And then I pulled out that ID and he was like, okay, tweet. <laughs> but um, yeah, so we had a conversation and conversation was definitely, it was needed because um, midterms is kicking my ass like i don't even got exams why am i still stressing Mm -hmm. like be for real but for the most part everything's been pretty cool um my low um going through a little bit of the seasonal sadness the seasonal depression um you know just it's about that time of the year again Mm -hmm. and i'm just ready to get the fuck asap like you know miss my family i miss my partner i miss my bed you know miss my house like i miss having my own bathroom like i i i just i just miss my privacy um and it doesn't help that i really can't really enjoy break like that because as soon as we come back from break i have a really big project due on that friday and i'm like significantly behind so you know right now i'm just existing and that segues us into our first topic our first lifestyle topic which is mental health during midterm season Well, I think one thing that everybody needs to understand is midterms in high school are totally different from midterms in college. I definitely feel like throughout high school, midterms were like, okay, yeah, I got to take a couple tests in my class or whatever. Mm -hmm. But when you're taking a class that doesn't traditionally have tests, it becomes a little bit more wishy-washy and a little bit difficult because... um, I'm an architecture major. Jakea is majoring in emerging media arts. And most of our projects are determined off of what comes out of our brains. It's not more so testing our knowledge. It's more so testing what comes out of the knowledge that we've gained mm-hmm. from the class. And when you have project-based stuff, I'm I'm arguing that it's much harder than an average test. Because you don't know what to study. Uh, yeah, you don't know what. Yeah, definitely. You don't know what exactly they're looking for. Mm-hmm. They'll give you a prompt. They'll give you... A rubric or whatever, but mm-hmm. you there's no right answer, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's like either the they're gonna like it or they don't. Right, or they kind of just are like, uh, like it's good, but it could be better. Could be better, yeah. Yeah, like I just got the grade back from my first project in my design thinking class, and I got like an eighty eight out of a hundred, which that isn't bad, but it's kind of like you can do better right (laughs) like i had like he gave he like one thing about him his little feedback he don't type that shit out he records a voice memo no and (laughs) but i like my professor i like my design thinking professor he's cool people's for real um but 
for that, it was like mid semester grade shit X, and I was like, ah, please, let's not look at that right now. Um, but that's true. yeah, like when it's project based, it's so much more time consuming. I'd rather study for a test. I'd sometimes. rather study for like a couple of days and have a test, but mm-hmm. having weeks to do mm-hmm. a project, plan a project. I can't. I, I mean, I'm obviously doing it, but I don't like to. Procrastination on a project is totally it, different so from bad. procrastination from studying. Yeah. At least like with studying, like I can cram in a mm-hmm. night. Projects, you can't do that. If you don't got that shit, you don't got that shit. Yeah. You don't yeah. got it. Mm-hmm. And it's scary. And I'm so behind on my computer applications project, y'all. I'm not even joking. Because literally, like, I done, my laptop had an update. And when it updated, the stuff that it thought was corrupt, it deleted. Aww. And that's all I'm going to say. So I've been playing catch up. So I literally just missed the technical assignment. I couldn't turn it in because, girl, what the fuck did I have? Nothing. So it's kind of just like, yeah. And on top of that, like, it feels like I have no time for anything else. Like, today, me and GK have been running around, y'all. Um, the release of this episode is going to be a little late because midterms, we've been... Our schedules have just been so like, uh, uh, uh. And it's like, yeah. we just like, when the fuck are we going to do this? <laughs> Y'all, this is our fourth take. Yeah, in the past four days. Yeah. We have a take for each day at yeah. this point. And it's like, we don't want to give you guys crappy um, content. So Yeah, crappy like audio. Crappy ideas, thoughts, whatever. Like... We want to put the best. Yeah. Like I said in that release statement that I released on the story. (laughs) It, But yeah, like for the most part, like um, it's hard to exist during midterms because it feels like your whole career depends on how you do on an exam or how you do on a project. And especially as a first year, it's kind of like this is like the blueprint for the rest of my college career Mm -hmm. you know i'm saying like whatever gpa that comes out of your first year is kind of the thing that you're going to keep building on type shit and you don't want to build on a whack-ass gpa so it's just kind of like oh what do i do and then on top of that like for me personally um i have spring submissions for the college of architecture and one thing that they do look at is gpa Mm -hmm. you know like yeah you got the work but like you got the grades too like it's it's one thing to be like okay period like you're a great designer but you're a horrible student like yeah. that's and that's truly what i don't want to be yo i'm a i'm a bomb ass designer i feel like i've had such great work mm-hmm. all of that coming with its own baggage but at the same time i feel like some of my grades in certain classes have been impacted from me trying to just be a great designer because i'm not just a designer i'm a student designer mm-hmm. so it's kind of it's kind of bit it's kind of been a bit difficult. I wish I had the leeway of an athlete, but... <laughs> Me too. <laughs> no. It's, it's different. I guess for educational purposes, it's just different. But for the most part, um, yeah. And then on top of that, like, it's just been... It's been getting cold, but then it's getting warm. And then it's been... it's The weather is everywhere. Mm-hmm. People's health is everywhere. Me, personally, I've recovered from my little algae flare-up. But everybody else... But me over here, I sound raspy because I'm getting over a sore throat. But... Blink, blink. Yeah. I I posted that on my, uh, one of my stories. And someone was like... 
they got sick too. I talked to much more colleague yesterday, and she's sick. Yeah, mine started with a sore throat too. Yeah. So something. No, but it's like it's almost gone. You know. Yeah, like the same thing happened to me. Like I, 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 I believe you. I believe you. I'm right <laughs> across from you. I believe you. I trust, trust, trust. But yeah, like, huh. and some people when they in. They ain't class. They just don't know how to cover that fucking mouth. Uh, bro, why can I? Why am I hearing you cough out your right lung right now? <laughs> Can you please stop? Like that's embarrassing. Like, I hate coughing in public. Me too. I'd be so embarrassed to clear my throat <laughs> when I have stuffy noses. I'm so scared to clear yes, my sinuses. Oh my like gosh. I'm one of them. When I put my tissue out, girl, I'm stepping out the hall. Yeah, I'm stepping out into the hall and I'm blowing my nose. And it's gross. Me personally, I think it's gross when people blow their nose in class. Yeah. Yes. I don't want to hear your snot leaving your body. That's disgusting. I don't want to hear your brain matter flimming out of your body. Like, that's gross. <laughs> that's so gross. And I'm not shaming nobody for getting sick or their health situation. But it's like, when you're in a room filled with almost over 100 people, that's how many people are in my Design 101 class. Mm. Over 100 people. And you're coughing out into the air. And you're sneezing out into the air. And then you're blowing your nose out into the air. What the fuck do you expect me to do but shame you? <laughs> like, I, I have no other option but to tell you, yo, bitch, if you ain't shit and get off the pot, bro, like, that's ridiculous. Because it's just like you have to, I think for me, when I was going through my thing, I made sure I got to class on time so I can, you know, do all my due diligence in the bathroom. And then I would sit on the end. So then if I ever had to blow my nose, I could walk out of the, of, of the room, mm-hmm. blow my nose, and come back simple as that it's either that i'm dying for the rest of the class so i could privately blow my nose because it's not even just like i'm worried about other people i'm just worried about me i don't need nobody looking at me yeah that's real Mm -mm. like i was in lectures yesterday and y'all have you ever held a coffin a what a cough like yes (laughs) it's so embarrassing but i would rather do that than cough like in front of people also coughing in your elbow and your mouth isn't physically in your elbow is not doing anything. Coughing in your hands is gross. Cough down into your clothes, please. Yeah. I think we need to, you know, teach people that. Yeah. I just... Contaminate your clothes. Not yeah, the air. Like, honestly, I'm going to keep it a buck. Like, I'm so quick to... That's why I usually wear jackets a lot when I'm, like, going through my seasonal stuff. Because it's just, like, one thing about me, I will unzip that jacket and put that shit right over my mouth and... Mm-hmm. <laughs> if i have to because i just i don't know like in the era of post-pandemic you just i don't play mm -mm. Mm -mm. playing isn't even the word i don't even joke i haven't got covid Uh i will not get covid amen a motherfucking man because bro like even if people are like oh my gosh we're not in a pandemic anymore why are you coughing on me why are you coughing on me bro come on be for real Human decency. Veronica always says that. Human decency is so free. It's so free. Very. so free. Very. It is so free. (laughs) Yeah. And I know, like, some people be trying to say, like, it's not contagious. That's what they all say. And then it it starts to travel. It starts to travel. You know what? I found out this is going to be, like, TMI for eating. Skip this part. Diarrhea is contagious. Yes. I did not. Why do you think people are, like, dying of diarrhea in, like, the early, like, early times or whatever the early centuries people were dying from diarrhea yes you've never heard somebody like 
tell you like a joke like damn we be taking our shit for granted niggas used to die from diarrhea back in the day i mean you, you never heard nobody say that before no, i've heard like gonorrhea but like no diarrhea like, diarrhea is yeah i That's guess crazy. i don't know how well also like waste systems back mm. in the early centuries weren't that great they it's would literally developed. just like yeah throw waste like out in the open in an mm -hmm. open pile type shit and you know air pollution and then if you have a disease that shit obviously travels through your so body like, matter and your body fluid this is gonna get graphic it's not graphic just don't imagine it if you're sitting on the toilet and you got diarrhea and then somebody else comes into that bathroom after you and sit down and uh, use it i don't think that's how it works how then i think you have to be in like direct contact with you ain't got diarrhea on your fingers the matter but also, what did I just say? The waste systems used to be really bad to the point where they would dispose of their, their waste out in the open. But I'm saying, like, now. Now? I don't think there has been a case of anybody getting anything through diarrhea. I mean, if you count um, the Ebola epidemic, okay. where diarrhea was a symptom, and, like, blood would be in the diarrhea, and oh. then, obviously, like, okay, okay, that's other enough. things. I'm so Talk sorry. Back to mental health and midterms. <laughs> Um, we out here being CDC, CDC hire us. Um, but yeah, bro, like I just it's getting cold and not a good cold. Like it's giving very much. I should have brought my car hard down. Yeah, I'm gonna buy a pink one. Oh, per I love that. I, I definitely suggest um, Papillion Shadow Lake. They have a Carhartt um, store. It's probably be more expensive though. Most likely, and, yes. Yeah, maybe. Yes, but if you want to like get it in person and like see, see it what what's the deal? Okay. Then yeah, but it's Mental just health. yeah, it's just been yeah, it's been tough. And then on top of that, like, oh, I'm trying to get my hair done, and yeah. that also segues us into our next topic, which is hair depression, specifically in Black women. Um, right now, you know, y'all, I got my starter locks in yeah i got my starter locks in they're pretty short right now it's pretty chill it's not that i don't like the look it's just it's getting cold outside and mm -hmm. usually this time during the year that's when i get braids or that's when i get twists and you know and like or a wig or something like that and mm -hmm. then just something to cover my neck because it's cold and you know to put a beanie over because also my scalp gets really dry very easily so kind of just something to cover my scalp mm -hmm. um I've decided that I'm probably going to get a sew-in. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Closure included because I don't have any hair to leave out. <laughs> uh, I always do leave outs. I'm well, leave out curly. <laughs> yeah, you can't. I'm currently pointing at my, at my you know, hair right now, you know, in starter lock form. How I can't, you know, do a leave out yeah. with that. But, yeah. Um, I'm excited. But also, I'm kind of, like, I'm a little, like, not disappointed in myself. But I'm a little, like, down because I'm, like, damn. Like, I really thought I was going to, like fly out this like hairstyle like to the end oh you're, you're over it it's not that i'm over it i'm like really starting to understand why i've never committed because it's like yeah the reason why they're so small is because i want to be able to do versatile things with it but it's kind of just like you know a lot of people are just i feel like a lot of people are expecting me to like rock the baby lock look until mm -hmm. they fully start you know like growing into like their inchful form mm -hmm. but it's like no mm -mm not gonna do it and it's not that i don't like having short hair i look great with short hair actually you do i'm not gonna have i feel nigga i don't really do long bundles like the longest i've ever gone is like 18 inches oh i've gone like 30 see no i like, love 
my favorite wig is 16 inches and oh, she's yeah. cut into layers so like the shortest layer is probably I love, like 11 I'm a layer inches girl though exactly i love a good layer yeah so but. usually when i get my usually when i do get my hair done with bundles or something like that it's always like pretty realistic Mm -hmm. that's not a good word for it but it's always pretty like short Mm -hmm. easy to maintain it's enough hair to wear my ponytail if i ever was to you know put in a ponytail look cool but it's like long enough to where i'm just like oh yeah like i would like flip it and you know do a little stuff like that it's past my shoulder a little bit Mm -hmm. not not too crazy um yeah mine be like down to my butt so oh no girl it's it's a lot like if i have to like really like if i had to put on my backpack and like put my hair to the side first before i put on my backpack it's too long I mean, I like short hair. Like, I have just my hair flat on right now, like my natural hair, and it's short. But I love love short hair. Here's the thing. When I get my hair long like that, Mm -hmm. I want short hair. When I have my short hair, I want longer hair. Yeah. It's just a phenomenon. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of people try to – it is very socialized, you know, the history of, like, black women and their hair and how, you know, the goal is to have more longer, straighter, more – white woman looking hair type feel and i feel like now since i'm older and you know i'm in full control of my hair autonomy i definitely feel like it's beyond social for me now it's kind of like my my identity like i feel like i've always been one of those people where i've been completely transparent with every hairstyle i've ever done and it's kind of like i sometimes i do want my hair straight but i don't want to straighten my hair Sometimes I do want a cute little 70s curl, but my hair doesn't do that without it being straight. You know what I'm saying? So it's kind of like one of those things for me where, like, I don't know if you've ever heard of, like, the whole phenomenon, like, oh, during, like, major events in black women's lives, they always move away from, like, braids and stuff like that and move towards, like, Mm -hmm. bundles and wigs and stuff. And, I mean, I see where they're coming from, like, for my senior homecoming. I had a wig on. Um, for graduation, I had that same wig on. One thing about me, I'm, I'm a loyal, I'm a loyal hair person. Me and that wig, like these, like these. Like, I'm currently crossing my fingers. We, we like these. She's currently in my room right now, ready, ready to be put in action. But, yeah, like, um, but then at the same time, for prom, I had um, micro box braids, French curl style. Um, and then for junior prom i have box braids mm-hmm. for junior homecoming i have my natural hair like it, it doesn't really matter to me i feel like a lot of people think of it a little bit on a which is this this is very different coming from me matter of fact because you know me like i'm very much like oh surface level think it's so lame but like in reality like for some for some black women and i feel like myself it's not that serious like sometimes i just like how a hairstyle looks like on me and i want to do it again and, and i can do it so i will right and sometimes it just happens to be with a straight bundle or two i'm sorry like that's just what it is i saw this one thing on twitter where they were showing like a blue magic commercial and like mm-hmm. this was like i think like back in like the 60s or 70s where like women were like their afros out pretty proudly and stuff like that mm-hmm. and like somebody was like this one man was like gone with the days where black women wear their natural hair but i'm like some of y'all niggas be calling some of y'all niggas be calling us ball-headed nappy-headed exactly i'm trying to figure out why is a woman's hairstyle that important exactly (laughs) i love a good versatile woman right like all i'm saying if i was a dude and my girl was changing up her hairstyles like back i would love that bro like 
<laughs> you cannot tell me. Like, I think my my partner he will always support my my hairstyle exactly. changes. He'll always eat up any hairstyle from That's the, the baby lock to the wig laid to the silk press to That's the to to the braid to the to, to the faux lock. Like mm-hmm. it is what it is. Cause it's just like. If you have it, do it. Like, right. don't don't let that shit limit you type mm-hmm. shit like that. And that's what makes black hair culture so exquisite, mm-hmm. so different. It's because you can do anything and everything and pull it off type shit. It doesn't mean you want to be a white woman. It doesn't mean you want your hair to be permanently straight. No, it just means... You're trying something. Right, I like the hairstyle. I want to do it type shit like mm-hmm. that. And... I feel like the phenomenon of hair depression, you know, when black women do decide to have their natural hair, where the shame kind of comes from, it -hmm. definitely stems from white supremacy and colorism and stuff like that. Because, like, let's keep it a buck. If your hair is any tighter than ah 3B, 3C, that shit's considered nappy. That Mm -hmm. shit is considered untamable. That Mm -hmm. shit is not considered good hair. The whole term good hair within itself is very, very colorist and, you know, really pushes the texturism narrative um, that, you know, if like fun fact, I learned this one time. I don't know who I learned this from. I think I learned it from a hairstylist on TikTok, but she mentioned that the guy who created the, you know, the little hair texture chart, you know, Mm Apparently, the guy who created it, like, he believed, like, if you had 4C hair, anything past the threes, you need to practically, like, get a texturizer and, like, Mm -hmm. loosen up that curl because it's untamable for hairstylists. And it's like, is it untamable for hairstylists or do you just not have type 4 hair representation? Do you just not have type 4 hair representation in cosmetology Mm -hmm. school? Mm -hmm. Simple as that. Like, I, I... I'm a firm believer in the person that is considered the problem isn't the problem, just there isn't representation for them. And it's just kind of like that's what it is with four type four hair that's ranging from 4A to 4C, and especially 4C at that. Mm -hmm. Because it's just kind of like I, as somebody who knows people with 4C hair and has styled 4C hair, I don't think it's untamable. I think everybody just needs their go-to products. And once they get their go-to product, cool. Mm-hmm. I've been able to comb somebody with 4C hair, f- somebody with f- type 4, 4C hair. Mm-hmm. I've been able to comb their shit like root to tip. Mm-hmm. It's not uncommon. Just even the term nappy within itself gets a little, uh, because it's just like there's a difference between having nappy hair and having tighter curls there's there's a big difference Mm -hmm. and i think people just use the word nappy very loosely and i'm not a fan and usually the word nappy is always associated with darker skin toned women and then yeah like and then the whole like narrative of you know like light-skinned women are always going to have looser curl patterns and hair textures doji cat's a 4c gal and she's biracial yeah wow yeah yeah I did not know that. Yeah. And it's kind of just like, I feel like people just feel like hair is so one dimensional and it's not. Hair is, hair is everything. Hair is genetics. Hair is an art. Hair is a, hair is a a phenomenon within itself. It's a theory. It does so many different things. Black hair defines gravity. Mm -hmm. Some black hair doesn't define gravity. Some black hair, it gets full to the point where it starts to slowly define gravity. Mm -hmm. It's, there's, a lot of differences 
and things of that nature that I feel like people don't take into account when it comes to that. And then obviously you have once black women started integrating into white workspaces, you know, natural hair was looked down upon. You know, mm -hmm. if you're going to work here, you have to have the same hairstyle as Susan over there in the corner. If it's not going to be straight, um, then if it's not going to be straight, if it's not going to have a nice straight hair curl look to it, mm -hmm. then it's not accepted. You know, braids, ghetto, natural hair, ghetto, afro, locks. ghetto, locks, ghetto. I, I love some states locks. still haven't approved the crown act which allows for you know hair discrimination to be practically abolished mm -hmm. for the longest nebraska didn't didn't pass the crown act i don't even still i don't even i don't think the crown act is even passed in nebraska as we speak right now i have mm -hmm. to I have to do some research i'll, I'll update y'all i guess at some point but yeah, like, just to know that, you know, one of these days, if you ever decide that, you know, hey, I'm just going to wear my afro out today. You know, my stylist couldn't get me in. She couldn't squeeze me in for the weekend, so I guess I'm going to wear my afro to work. The fact that you could possibly get discriminated against because you just decided to wear your natural hair like everybody else is kind of unfortunate. It's not kind of. It is unfortunate. Okay, wait. I looked up on Glamour.com. In 2021, it got passed. Okay, per. Because I definitely remember... Because I started talking, we started having conversations. I went to the state capitol in 2019, and it wasn't passed. Yep. So, yeah, that's why my brain was so stuck. But, yeah, now now we know. Crown Act is passed in Nebraska, per. Go, go for it, too. Go Big Red. Um, but, yeah, at the end of the day, hair is... Hair is everything. Hair makes an identity. Hair makes a mood. It breaks an identity. Oh, real. I hate watching, like, stories and um, different news reports about, like, people who have to, like, cut their locks or, like, not do certain hairstyles because it doesn't align with the school dress code. Mm -hmm. And it's just so annoying because, like, we all know who these dress codes affect the most. Know who they're targeted, yep. Yeah. Who they're made for, to be honest. It, yeah. 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 Because I definitely remember there was this, like, one story that I saw. I don't remember what college it was for, but um, this black man, he plays baseball for his college, and he had locks. And his locks, you know, they were a bit, you know, shagged, you know, but mm -hmm. they were still... He used to put them in a ponytail before he put his cap on, so it wasn't mm -hmm. in his face. And his coach was like, hair's too long. You got to cut it. And he's just like, if it's able to get in your face, you got to cut it. And he obliged. So he cut it a little bit more um, to the point where he couldn't put it into a ponytail. But it was still like, short enough. yeah, it was short enough to where it wasn't in his face. But obviously he cut it to the point where he couldn't even put it in a ponytail. Mm -hmm. And then his coach starts giving him shit again. Like, you know, practically he needs, to, he needs to cut it all off. And he's like, well, why should I have to cut all mine all off? Um, another one of his white counterparts has really long hair and he puts his hair in a ponytail and his coach is like i'm not talking about him i'm talking about you and as soon as he said that i was like i know what you're doing yeah it's very much to the point where they just kind of target a lot of people mm -hmm. and it's so it's so so sad and it's so so annoying because it's just like like i said like black hair is its own culture within itself mm -hmm. and it's like you sitting here acting like that it's just not important and that he should just cut it and why should he care shows how much you don't understand 
black culture in general mm-hmm. or how how it you know even a peek into this black man's life right so unfortunate moving on into our pop culture topics <sighs> the shade room the shade room um everybody knows what the shade room is we don't know what the shade room is it is a black led media outlet platform that reports on all things media sometimes politics it really depends they're not really the best credible source their main platforms is instagram and twitter i don't know if they're on facebook or not but yeah so recently a creator by the name of keith lee and everybody knows who keith lee is and if you don't know keith lee is a infamous um food reviewer on tiktok who really boosted to fame during the pandemic mm-hmm. trying um smaller businesses in las vegas like the las vegas area kind of trying their food and giving them like reviews and stuff and kind of like bringing a lot of traction to people and stuff like that mm-hmm. so recently his 27th birthday happened and one thing if you're a keith lee fan he expresses how much he has imposter syndrome and social anxiety so he talks about how growing up he didn't really know how to accept a gift gifts um he didn't really know how to accept a compliment he didn't really understand how to be appreciated Mm -hmm. um he's married has two daughters his wife's name is ronnie she's also a creator on tiktok um i don't know i think she does like fashion and stuff like that but don't quote me um but she buys him a car the shade room posts a video of keith obviously crying because you know his wife just bought him a car that he's been wanting for a really long time and they didn't really provide any context Mm -hmm. with why he was crying you know black men expressing emotions we all know what that turns into it either turns to a meme or just a mockery in general key example when tyrese had his mental breakdown on the media now we all have the what do you want from me meme and the congratulations Mm -hmm. meme if you know you know if you don't search it up on twitter but so they post it with no context and people just instantly start swarming into the comments you know practically talking about like oh how's she gonna buy that nigga a car with his own money you Mm -hmm. know just really trying to come for keith lee's wife Mm -hmm. um and essentially kind of making it seem like the whole thing was kind of staged and it was kind of just uh, because it's like you just like put a damper onto such a sweet moment between mm-hmm. a couple and stuff like that. And it was kind of annoying. And Keith Lee ended up hopping on to TikTok and addressing the shade room head on mm-hmm. um, and letting it be known like y'all can come for me as much as y'all want. One thing y'all not going to do is come for my wife. Love a black man who stands up for his woman. Um, What was you going to say? Uh, so, you know, the- you remember the whole Oscars after 2022? Oh. Will Smith and Jada? Yeah. They weren't together. I know. They were divorced. Yeah. Well, they, they were separated. They're technically not, like, divorced on paper. But, yeah, yeah I, I saw that clip today, on The I Shade seen Room. It, I seen also. it today. Yeah. Um, on TikTok, I don't fuck with The Shade Room. They're messy. But we, we can go. We, we, give, give me a second um but yeah keith lee addresses the shade room and he practically says the shade room never posts him when he does something positive they always post him either when he's in his very vulnerable moments or out of context and we all agree as she as you just heard from jk she does not fuck with the shade room i don't mm-hmm. either i just follow just to see why everybody's we are hating. pop culture yeah i podcast. just you know i do need to somebody yeah. gotta do it and it happens to be me yeah um but yeah practically 
Keith Lee has just fallen in line with the many creators who has had to address the Shade Room on their very inaccurate representation of information, Mm -hmm. especially in the age where people do not like to read and they base everything that they do off of headlines. Um, Mm -hmm. He found it very damaging. I agree. And also just in general, damaging to the black community specifically. And honestly, real. And even like... I don't even know how to segue into what you just said. Uh, do you want to save that for another yeah, episode? We can. It's just when you said a uh, black man standing up for uh, their woman. That's what it made me think of. I, see, I seen an NPC the other day. Really? Yeah. It was this woman standing outside on the buildings. Okay. But how she was standing... It's like she was looking at something, but there wasn't lo- nothing to look at but a brick wall. Oh. So she was standing there, and she was, like, in a motion where she was, like, you know, like, she was standing <laughs> still. And I was, like, going to pull my camera out because I was, like, no way. Mm. And then she just starts walking. That sounds creepy as fuck. Yeah. I was, like, so that was fun. Um, anyways, but, yeah. Um, Keith Lee has now, like I said, fallen in line with the many creators who has expressed their dissatisfaction with the things that not only the Shade Room posts, but the context that they put it in. Mm-hmm. Um, Chikea, eat him up. <laughs> eat him up. Chikea is an advocate for Shade Room haters. Yeah. She, um, she's a Shade Room hater to the T and honestly, yeah. slay. I feel like if you're going to get your news from online, from social media, Shade Room is not the place to go. Um, I feel like if you want to attain news, go to either the source mm-hmm. or if you're going to read about it and like go to a actual like TMZ. Like, TMZ is kind of messy too, but go somewhere where you can you can build a bias towards whatever you're reading because the Shade Room will give you a bias and then everyone runs with that mm-hmm. idea. It's not cute. Stop. Mm-hmm. One thing about Jake, it's not cute. It's not like it's it's not, and it's like the shade room. I follow the shade room sometimes, and I'm like, oh, like it's like a little cute family moment. So like, oh, like I'll follow them again, <laughs> and then they post some. They said we got this bitch. Time to yeah. do the real content, <laughs> and it's like, oh my god, you guys are so annoying. Like how how do you literally sit and type? Like look at what you're typing, make a little like whole article, and be like, yeah. This, this shit is messy as fuck, and I want everyone to fucking read it. No! Stop! If you follow the Shade Room, unfollow them. Today. I hate them. Not me, though. Stay safe. Not not Veronica, though, because, you know, they are a we, pop culture. In a sense. In a it, sense. It's just, usually what I do, I guess to put you into the process of how I choose pop culture topics, is mm-hmm. I usually spend my days... Not all my days. Scrolling on Twitter, scrolling through Instagram, seeing what the mess is. And then once I see what the mess is, I go to my go-to commentator channels and see if they're talking about it. And if they are talking about it, I go to them and then kind of... Yeah, do that. Just don't go from shade. Go, please. I kind of go down a wormhole. And plus, like, most of the stuff that they do talk about, I've already either, like, seen... If it's, like, a live television thing, I've already, like, seen it already. Or if it's, like, a social media thing, I've already seen it on Twitter. So it's kind of like, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, choose, pick your poison, truly. But I feel like the shade room, like I said, we're in the era where people just don't read. So it's kind of just, like, it's difficult because actually 
I've like looked at a post from the shade room and I've like actually like click the read more sign and I've mm-hmm. read through it and stuff. Yeah. And it's just like I'm kind of like, well, if you've ever just read, I feel like the whole thing, then maybe, m- maybe, maybe everything will help. But it's like, but they know people only read the fucking black words and that's it. Yeah, pretty much. And it's kind of like, I mean, smart advertising. I will give them that. <laughs> she said she said i'll give you your problem whatever that's great but stop though. i definitely feel like yeah it's just one of those things where they use media tactics to draw people in but when you're mm-hmm. drawing people in you're giving them misinformation and it's like when you're as big as the shade room i don't know if instagram has instagram does have like a information check or correction thing mm-hmm. but it's like when it comes to pop culture no one's gonna check the shade room yeah, because it's just like it's They've pop culture. Big enough following. It's pop culture. It's open for interpretation. Yeah. You know, look what we're doing. We're currently doing an open interpretation to yeah. a pop culture topic. Mm-hmm. But in a society where everything is so- social, nothing is ever neutral, and everything is just based off of everybody's personal bias, mm-hmm. it's really difficult to get information from the shade room and take it with anything but a grain of salt. Because at the end of the day, each and every one of those editors, writers, all have their own personal bias that they might put into that story. And that's why you need to individually read it instead of just looking at the headline yeah. and being like, oh, there it is. I feel like if you have enough, like if, like we're doing, if you have enough, if you're going to go read the thing and talk about it, don't only have the shade room as your source. Yeah. Other, like you need to, you know your own looking like i said earlier but if you just use shade room as a source i will not trust you Mm-mm. i will no no i couldn't trust you that's like you saying i'd be watching fox news every day for my yeah like, that's crazy stop please i'd rather you watch them damn tiktok news fucking people not shade room yeah in my personal opinion i just feel like there is so much more to the pop culture realm than the shade room Mm -hmm. because like i mean i understand like for me example like first episodes i got the topics from what news site did i get it from keyword news site um i think i got it from a new york times reasonable article and then I got the other topic from just scrolling on Twitter. I I try my best to always, if I can't go down a rabbit hole about it, that means we're probably not going to talk about it. Because if there isn't multiple perspectives that are provided on the topic, the one perspective is probably yeah. the most biased perspective. Mm-hmm. And that's why when... shit and this is with anything whether that's education whether that's pop culture just with everything when you just have one specific one resource Mm -hmm. that resource is most likely going to find a way to separate itself from any other possible article or video that was that's on that same topic Mm -hmm. so that's why you always have to have multiple perspectives of something so you can build your own perspective or your own bias on the topic so you're not sitting here just being like well this is what this person says so i'm gonna believe them Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. not everybody got a good track record on on social media so it's kind of like you really have to take everything with a grain of salt and Mm -hmm. you gotta really just 
okay, I'm gonna look for it on my own and hope for the best. Yeah. And that's what I be doing, and I feel like we've gotten pretty good topics from me doing that. Um, also, we're also in the age where people don't like to watch the entire clip. They like looking at like a specific. They look at a piece of the clip. Our our attention spans are getting shorter. And shorter. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I have the attention span of a five year old. So uh, I feel like if it's not interesting, I'm not gonna look at it. Yeah. And that's like pretty common for everything. Um, but for the most part, it's kind of like that's kind of why everybody was flaming Keith in those comments because it's like they they haven't watched the full video mm-hmm. they haven't gone over to Ronnie's TikTok and seen her talking about how she got the funds for the car mm-hmm. you're just looking at this little clip that the shade room posted that's about 15 to 30 seconds max and then building your bias you're commenting yeah. you're commenting you're insulting this man and his family which is so low mm-hmm. and mind you this is a man you ain't probably never met in your life don't know him from a can probably of paint will never meet who knows his name might not actually be keithley you will never know you mm-hmm. haven't you you don't know this man mm-hmm. and it's like you're just accumulating all these things mm-hmm. just accumulating 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 and it's just like if you watch the full clip if you read the full article, mm-hmm. maybe you will actually know, you know, what is and what is not. Yeah. And that's just the hardest part about living in this society is you just have people who don't understand the full extensions of things. Mm-hmm. They don't take their time to listen to the information that they're receiving and mm-hmm. to process it they instantly start talking about it or they don't take time to research into the other things mm-hmm. that they have questions about they automatically commentate about it and even that that's going to segue us into our last um podcast topic for the pop culture sector um i s- i was scrolling through twitter like i told y'all i do that pretty frequently um yeah i do that pretty frequently um and i run across this tweet from this creator i don't follow them um if you haven't been on twitter twitter kind of has like the same like you know structure as tiktok a bit it has Mm -hmm. like a for you page so based off the people who you follow the tweets that you like and the tweets that you repost they kind of give you those types of creators i always get like a mix of like pop culture and politics because that's the type of stuff that i see on twitter and that i enjoy and i that i repost and stuff Mm -hmm. and this tweet was this person giving commentary to a joe rogan podcast clip and this clip was kind of long so i was like damn do i really want to you know watch this full clip because also joe rogan can talk for days (laughs) and this is coming from somebody who talks a lot too so trust if i'm saying he talks for days he talks for days (laughs) so click the clip and he's talking about how i'm pretty sure i think his children live him and his kids live in california so mm-hmm. blue state um and he's talking about practically how the school systems out in california are more so they're not just teaching children that racism is bad mm-hmm. they're teaching them how to be anti-racist in his words meaning they're trying to make them into little activists and he kind of starts advocating about how that's damaging and how practically you know we should let kids be kids and you know why not just kind of like let them know you know what's bad and stuff like that why Mm -hmm. try to make them into activists why try to push the woke i'm putting up air quotes right now why try to push the woke rhetoric on them Mm -hmm. And in a sense, try to 
in my words, taint their brains. Mm-hmm. That's what it felt like he was saying. And, you know, I, like I say, I tried to come into things that I watch specifically with people like Joe Rogan. I try to come into them without not any bias, but with an open mind, mm-hmm. you know. Before I start making my opinion up, let me just watch the whole clip. I'll nod when I think it's time to nod. Mm-hmm. I won't nod if I don't think it's not a bowl. And uh, uh, safe to say, I did nod. I did not nod. Oh, uh, I thought you said you did, because I sure did not. Oh, no, ho, I did not. <laughs> I did not nod. <laughs> um, Jakea, why didn't you nod? Um... Okay, so the clip, he says something about not wanting to make his children activists. Um, Because, you know, kids should be kids. Um, Fully agree with the idea kids should be kids. But the idea of teaching kids to confront uh, racism when they see it Mm -hmm. is not turning your kid into an activist. Um, But in his, his explanation, he quotes an activist. So I thought Oh yeah, he he quotes Martin Luther King and yeah. you know how Martin Luther King practically expressed during his time as a civil rights activist about, you know, the desegregation of schools mm-hmm. and you know the whole white children mingling with black children thing and I feel like Martin Luther King is seen as the activism pill that white people can swallow. Um, you know, I remember as a kid, um, during like the, during February, during our like Black History Month, you know, modules Mm -hmm. and stuff in computer applications in elementary school, they would talk about Martin Luther King, Rosa Parks, they would touch, just not even like touch, but they would like tickle on Malcolm X. And one thing that they would always mention about Martin Luther King was, you know, his religious background you know, Martin Luther King was a pastor. And they would also touch on how when he was younger, he had a little white friend. And he didn't realize that racism was a thing until his white friend's parents didn't allow them to play anymore because Martin was black. Mm-hmm. And, you know, kind of adding this, like, kiddiness to a way bigger systemic issue. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, as a kid, thanks. As an adult, no thanks. Yeah. Because I didn't even i thought that martin luther king was just i had a dream desegregation someone walk maybe to someone march that that's yeah that's it that's the march on washington and that's it um and then when i got older i realized towards the end of martin luther king's um activism in his life before he got assassinated he started talking about generational wealth Mm -hmm. and the wealth gap between black and white people and stuff like that and then obviously he ends up getting assassinated which if you're a conspiracy theorist connect those two if you would like i'm not encouraging it but you know yeah connect them if you like um but kind of just totally cutting out the part where Towards the end of Martin Luther King's career, he was more so focusing on the greater good of black people, not the greater good of black people integrating with white people. Mm -hmm. And then obviously you have like Malcolm X seen as the rebel, you know, Mm -hmm. the 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 guy who just promoted so much violence when in reality he didn't really promote violence. He just promoted self-defense. You know, if 
you know, can if, do it, I can do if it. If violence is being addressed to you, address that violence with violence. Defend yeah. yourself. Don't let yourself be beat down mm-hmm. when you know you can defend yourself. Mm-hmm. That is that type of beat. Martin Luther King and Malcolm X didn't have beef. The way the way our history class used to teach us, they used to make it seem like them they niggas had beef. beef yeah. Them niggas ain't have beef. Them niggas literally thought the same way. Mm-hmm. Just expressed it very differently. Very differently. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I feel like I started learning about Malcolm X and who he really was after, yeah, more so like towards the end of high school because, fun fact, Malcolm X is originally from Omaha. Um, right. Yeah, his like... The model, the model of his child home is on the yeah. land that mm-hmm. his child home was built in back in Omaha, and it's being preserved by the organization mm-hmm. that is kind of telling his story and the accurate depiction and stuff like that. You know, promoting his memoirs, like the truest version that we will get from him past past his actual life experiences and stuff like that. But back to Joe Rogan. I, when the whole woke is, woke is whack thing became really apparent, it kind of started annoying me because I feel like people, people think that woke is just this radical liberal take and that's not the truth. Um, Mm -hmm. Being woke is, is not. It's not that. It's being very much socially conscious about yeah. the things that you do. It's being aware that racism is the reason why a lot of things are happening. Kind of somebody formed it in the greatest way. You know, black people, we've been fighting to catch up because while everything has been happening to us, the world is still going on. Mm-hmm. While slavery was happening, the world was still advancing. While our black Wall Streets parentheses i'm pluralize the streets because we've had multiple black wall streets but every time we try to make it up it gets burnt down Mm -hmm. or we get abused and get intimidated intimidated into getting rid of it fun fact lake lanier in georgia used to be a majority black city it used to be one of the black wall streets that i'm referring to and that's why people if you're a conspiracy theorist Maybe that's why Lake Lanier is haunted. Connect those if you want to. Mm-hmm. Um, but every time black people have tried to advance with the times, we've always been set back by a white hater. I'm going to keep it a buck. A white hater. And it kind of shows the fact that when you're in a, a position where you're constantly being set back, mm-hmm. the only thing you could do to try to get ahead is educate people of why you're being set back. And it's difficult because then you get called woke or you get called radically liberal. Most black people I know, especially older black people, mm-hmm. align with the conservative party. So it's not that any of us are being like radical liberals. We're literally telling you, hey, these are our experiences. I know so many black people who are not far removed from slavery at all. Yeah. Slavery is only a grandparent or two away from them. Mm-hmm. And these are people my age. So that shows we're not that far in time at all. A majority of American history was spent in slavery. Be so for real. Be, be so for real. Yeah. I have to silence you. I have to silence you. No. No, the reason. No. No. I just have to say so many no's. 
Fun fact, George Washington's teeth wasn't made out of wood. It was made out of his slave's teeth. That's why he didn't smile, because he had multiple types of human teeth in his mouth. Oh my god, it just got so dark. <laughs> I just, I have to express, the the meaning of wokeness has been morphed by the radical right flank so much mm-hmm. that it's gotten to the point where things like Black Lives Matter is turned into this, oh my gosh, so you're meaning nobody else, nobody's Ugh. saying that. We're not no saying one. that. Nobody said that. The black outrage that's flooding out of my body right now is bananas because I feel like this all the time. Mm-hmm. Back to Joe Rogan. <laughs> what about the black children who are in these classes with your kids who experience racist experience on a day to day basis, whether that's a microaggression or blatant racism? What about them? That's the reason why. Critical race theory is so important to the school system. That is why people continue to fight for critical race theory to be a thing in our curriculum. Because we're learning history from the perspective of the winner. Mm -hmm. That's a problem. If you go to England, they're going to tell you their bond with America from the English perspective. The Boston Tea Party wasn't shit. They didn't care about that. They won that war. They won. They won. They gave us our freedom. We didn't win it. They gave it to us. Mm -hmm. That's what the English feel about us. The British. That's what the British feel about us. My fault, y'all. That's what the British feel about us. Now, American history. We took our freedom. We did, you know, like, there's nothing wrong with telling history from the perspective of the winner. But here's where the wrong comes in. The winner is never going to talk about their ills. They're never going to talk about their faults. They're mm-hmm. always going to talk about their wins. Growing up, the way we learned about slavery was sick. We didn't learn about slavery. That's it. We knew what slavery was, but we didn't know what it was. We didn't mm-hmm. understand the full extent of what slavery was. It we wasn't didn't, taught. No, it wasn't. We didn't understand the in school. Mm-mm. I'll say that. Not it wasn't even taught in school. It wasn't taught nowhere. It wasn't even taught nowhere. Media regulated it. The most we had as examples of slavery was 12 years of slave, roots, and that's all I can name on hand. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's all. Literally, I didn't learn the full brutality, the full gruesomeness and heart-wrenching truth about history until later in my high school years mm. i was 16 when i actually learned what slavery was that's outrageous because who knows what the average 16 year old white kid knows about slavery themselves if they don't decide to educate themselves and i'm black oh like literally at the end of the day slavery wasn't just oh they got whooped here and there and you know Essie. No, it was more than that. It was brutal. There was incest. There was murder. There was everything in there. Everything you could think about that you don't even want to happen to your worst enemy, it was happening to black people on a day-to-day basis. Day-to-day basis. Everything that you think of, every stereotype you can think of in in your frontal cortex has been stemmed to slavery. Why can't black people swim? Because during Jim Crow and post-segregation, white people used to throw acid into the water while black people were swimming to the point where black people just like stay away from pools. To the point where people didn't even find it necessary to teach their children how to swim. 
I know how to swim, though. But I don't. Thank you, Mom. Mom, you did your best. It's okay. Um, I did my toe, though. I did my toe. Um, yeah. And there are so many other things that you can think of. Trust me. Think of it. If you can think of it, Google it, and something will pop up, y'all. Yeah. So when you say, oh, us educating your children about what racism is and how to combat racism and literally root for anti-racism, all of a sudden it's woke. It's we're trying to turn them into activists. We're not trying to turn them into activists. It's not activism. It's common human decency. It's mm-hmm. human decency. It's not activism. It's human decency. It's something where when you are at witness of something that is being harmful to a person of color, you're able to defend them okay. in that matter. I tell people all the time, white supremacy is only bad when you make it bad. Mm-hmm. You can be anything with white supremacy. And that is an ally, especially. If you don't know how to use your power, boy, throw that shit away. Throw that shit away. There's no point of you having it. Be a shield. Be a sword. Be a fucking armor, for, for goodness sake. Be something. Be the front in the front line protecting black people when they're trying to express what is going on. Or mm-hmm. any person of color at that. It's just, when you make it seem like returning your children into activists that's not true because at the end of the day we're trying to break the racist rhetoric from the stem Mm -hmm. and that's the youngest generation that's the people whose brains aren't fully developed yet but people children in their adolescence are like sponges they'll Mm -hmm. suck up anything in their brain and then once their brain fully develops they'll choose what to keep and choose what to lose and the thing that they keep is the thing that they see the most often Mm mm-hmm Unfortunately, racism is in, instilled into all of our day-to-day lives, regardless if you experience it mm-hmm. or you're dishing it or you're seeing it. So, <laughs> you, you, you see what I'm talking about here. Yeah. It's one thing to see something and be like, oh, that's a little racist. But it's another thing to stand up and be like, hey, you shouldn't say that. Either that's racist or that's just wrong. Yeah. Simple as that. We're not trying to make anybody into an activist. We're trying to make them into an upstandard. We're trying to we're trying to give them the power to if they see something they can say something. Mm. We're, at, we're 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 embracing that because it's just like racism is a systematic problem. It's a problem in the foundation. You can't break down a foundation and expect the rest of the house to stay standing. Yeah. So what do you got to do? All you got to do is mend the foundation the best you can so you can mend the rest of the house. And that's what we're trying to do with the youth. Well, that's all we got for today. Um, JK, go ahead, share that posting schedule, child. Okay. Let me find it. Oh, okay. We post every Wednesday on Spotify. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can find us on Insta and TikTok at We're Behind the Mic. We're spelled W E R E, and then Behind the Mic spelled regular. And then where um where we'll be posting public interviews, behind the scenes content. Um, we're gonna be posting dumps before every single episode that we drop, or just to kind of hype y'all up and kind to show y'all all the behind the scenes stuff yes. um and kaya where can they find you on the media 
On Instagram and TikTok at Jakea Lachey, J-A-K-A-Y-A-L-A-S-H-E. Per. I think I spelled that right. Hopefully. Just go to the... I was going to say, it's also in our Instagram yeah, bio. Just go there. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then you can also find me on Instagram at Veronica Sarbaugh, um, spelled V-E-R-O-N-I-C-A-S-A-R-G-B-A-H. And we'll see you next week. Behind, Behind the, the mic. mic. Yep. See you later. Mm-hmm.